Welcome to On the Side with Jackie London, a BS-free podcast where we're talking all things food, nutrition, and wellness to help you build healthier habits that stick. As a registered dietitian, author, journalist, and former clinician turned content creator, I've heard and seen it all. Join me each week as I debunk diet myths, explore the latest wellness trends, and answer all of your pressing listener questions. Plus, we'll hear from a guest who will kick off each interview weekly with a soup-to-nuts rundown and, okay, sometimes analysis of what they're eating, cooking, ordering in, or where they're dining out with tons of delicious ideas, lots of laughs, and plenty of pro tips in between. The one thing I can actually guarantee, I'll serve up tangible, actionable strategies to help you apply the science behind what works to what works best for you. Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's special edition episode of On the Side with Jackie London. Uh, I just wanted to take a moment to talk, just me and you. All right, Pete. We don't have a guest with us this week. We're going to just make like we are at your uh, night before Thanksgiving high school reunion and step outside, have a little chat. I see and hear from so many of you this time of year who just kind of find all of this toxic positivity holiday moment a bit of a struggle, right? Like a lot of it comes from the fact that so many of these eating or meal-related, meal-centered scenarios can be their own form of an epic version of a boundary bully all the time. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, frankly, any other holiday meal I see you pass over. Okay, I see you. You're still a boundary bully, even if you're in the springtime. I thought, what better time for us to actually have a chat and for me to really express my deep and very sincere gratitude for all of you who are dedicated listeners and for all of you who are even just tuning in for the first time today. You give me life. I can't thank you enough for being here and for staying with me. So I thought you deserve a little treat, right? You deserve a little bonus content, survival guide for this time of the year. Am I right? Don't don't you agree? I think you do. And if you don't, then I think you will by the end of this episode. All right. So here's the thing about the holidays. The actual meal itself, let's call it your Thanksgiving feast or your Christmas dinner or your birthday or your kid's birthday or your parent's birthday, you get the idea. These can't really cause real lasting physiological effects for the majority of healthy people, right? Like weight gain or uh, cardiac arrest. That's not that's not necessarily coming for most of us through the food or the mealtime event itself. It's actually all of the things that sneak in to our day in food form in the days and weeks before and after. And it's also the scenarios that come in this time of year. I don't know about you, but like end of year deadlines. That's one great example. Running around shopping for a million people, everyone you know, right? Worrying about the supply chain. Are your gifts going to arrive on time? Hello, 2021. Welcome. I see you. Cleaning your home, breaking out the old wedding china for your in-laws. I mean, have they even seen your home since 2019? (laughs) Preparing, cooking, baking, getting a table set done. Have you set? I have never even really set a table. I don't what does that look like? I don't I don't even know what a table is at this point because I feel a bit like I'm living in a dorm room at the moment. Uh, holiday festivities, all the holiday festivities, all the holiday bevs, limited time flavors. 
just invite that toxic positivity over and have it sit next to you, right? It's so, look how cheerful we are. I feel like that's like the the overarching message. We're so cheerful. Look how fa-la-la-la-la, we're so cheerful, right? It's a lot of energy. It's a, it's a certain type of energy. Let me say it that way. So this is going to cover the basics. What to think about before we go into a holiday weekend, Thanksgiving weekend, and for the rest of the year, regardless of how you're celebrating or not celebrating. If you're just trying to get through today or the end of the year, I hear that too. This is how I've approached the general topic of holidays, of the holidays and uh, uh, capital T, capital H, and also of holidays in general, working with clients. And I think it'll help to give you this mini game plan, okay? This is not a set of rules. It's not gospel. It's not something you need to hang your hat onto every word of. It's not a prescription. It's just some things to consider and to keep in mind both in real life and in real time. I'm going to make sure that we also post this on the On the Side YouTube channel so that you'll have um, two forms of like a go-to guide that you can refer to. I'm also going to make sure we include some good stuff in the notes. If you enjoy this episode and beyond, or if you find this useful, helpful in any way, please go ahead and subscribe, rate the podcast five stars, review, let me know what you think. But also, I do go into a lot of these topics in uh, a deeper dive in Dressing on the Side, Another Diet Miss Debunked. That is my book, and it's linked in the show notes. You're welcome. All right, so let's get started. Here we go. Okay, getting back to neutral. That's where I want to start because I think it's probably the most important thing I ever talk about and ever even think about or think about talking about, (laughs) which is just a sort of recap of some of the behavioral considerations to keep in mind this time of year. The first one is to eat consistently every three to four hours. You've probably heard me say this before if you've been either listening to this podcast or watching on the YouTube channel, but... Eating consistently sounds obvious, but if you're someone who's ever struggled with feelings of shame around food-focused holiday meals or occasions, feeling like you ate too much, feeling like you overdid it, you think you need to run 19 miles before and after any holiday, let me just give you this gift right here and right now. The best thing you can do for yourself in that day after a holiday or a celebration panic moment of what do I do now, right, is to eat as you normally would, your personal normal. What's your normal breakfast? What's your go-to? getting that bagel and cream cheese, you getting that peanut butter and jelly, get after it. The day after a huge meal, your first step is going to be getting back on track after like a days long food coma. The best thing you can do is to eat, but it's also the secret sauce of helping you stay in touch with how physically hungry versus satisfied you feel throughout the season and paying attention to what you personally need. I know that that's really hard. I know this time of year, it's particularly hard, but think about it this way. It's also really hard to know what you need when you're hangry. It's also really hard to know what you need when you're hangry and possibly a little subclinically dehydrated. And also, how about when you're hangry, subclinically dehydrated, exhausted, or antsy, and you're just like totally overtired, right? I know I sound like I'm probably treating you grown-ass humans listening to this podcast like tiny baby newborns, but the truth is we all are tiny baby newborns from a physiological standpoint sometimes. We're all guilty of this. I literally lost my shit the other day over something totally nonsensical. I had one stir-fried shrimp and a club soda. Can't even remember what it was about, okay? It was a full-on tantrum. I don't know what it's about. We all do this. 
But this is me reminding us all to do it together, okay? So eat consistently. You got to set a snack alarm on your phone, go for it every three to four hours. Um, I think that's really important. So what if you do nothing else, just consider how can you make your meals and snacks consistent? How do you make sure that you have a plan throughout the day so that you've got a go-to snack on hand? That's critical. All right. The next thing in the getting back to neutral phase, we got to remember like wherever you are, whenever you are, hydration is key. So drink. So eat and then drink or really drink and then eat. Whatever order you want to go in here, I often recommend starting the day with 16 ounces right when you wake up of water and drinking consistently throughout the day from unsweetened beverage sources. Water, sparkling water, unsweetened tea, coffee, maybe it's a diet soda. I mean, YOLO. That's what's going to help you stay in touch with your body's own hunger and satiety cues. I can't tell you how often I see this in practice. Drinking eight cups a day is usually the benchmark that I often go with, largely because it's a really good just like benchmark. I mean, there's a lot of different sides to this topic out there, both in research and in practice, which is that everyone has their own personal fluid needs. That's totally true. And I am absolutely not disputing that. But the thing is that starting with that baseline of eight, eight ounce cups a day, so eight glasses of water a day, is is a general uh, solid benchmark is because that helps us kind of get somewhere that's closer to a neutral for most people, right? Some people may need 10 cups a day. If you are a regular exerciser or if you're on Zoom all day, every day, talking, talking, talking like I'm doing right now, then you may need more than that, right? Because we lose water through our respiratory tract, our GI tract, and, um, and through our urinary tract. So we're losing water all day long. So however much you need can also depend on uh, your biological sex. It can also depend on the weather outside. It can depend on how dry or how humid it is in your dorm room apartment, like where I am right now. So I don't want you to stress too much about it. I just want you to think about when can you make sure that you're drinking consistently and doing so from unsweetened sources. The sweetened sources are what's going to make you feel a little bit thirstier than usual. Okay. Last thing in our whole getting back to neutral scenario here, our whole like, what are the steps that it takes to physiologically make sure I'm at neutral so that I can make better decisions about when I'm actually hungry versus full and when I need to just get outside and move my tush. And that is rest. When I say rest, what I really mean is that can that can mean both the sleep component of things, right? Like we all know that there's uh, research that basically says if you sleep seven hours a night, you're in better health overall and that you're... <laughs> you're in better health overall. And I'm saying that and I'm laughing at myself because I really don't get that. And and I think we need to normalize that, okay? So we, we're, most of us are not getting enough sleep. Some of us are, and that's amazing. Some of us may be getting seven hours and that still doesn't feel like enough. So even when I say this out loud, it feels like a joke. That's why what I want to do instead of talk about sleep is to talk about rest. Because rest can mean many things for many of us, for all of us, right? It can mean different things. It can mean actually um, going for a workout because that feels like truly restful and meaningful and purposeful to you. It can make you feel actually more connected depending on um, where you are and what you're doing. It can also feel make you feel disconnected, which can be like intentional disconnection is probably a great thing this time of year, right? So think about what's restful to you, whether that's movement or for some, it's maybe a nap. Or maybe it is going to sleep a little bit earlier. Whatever you need to do to make sure that you are staying in touch with how rested you possibly can feel for the current circumstances of what's going on both in the world and in your own life, right? Like that's what's important here. So 
eat consistently, make sure you're staying hydrated from unsweetened sources, and get rest in whatever ways that word resonates with you. Make sure you're resting. Okay. I also went into this a little bit more on the On The Side YouTube channel, so definitely check that out if you're interested in talking about what it sounds like, what it feels like, what it might look like from a nutrition and physiological standpoint to get back to neutral. Eat, drink, rest. Okay. An added tip I just want to throw into this mix is to come prepared. And when I say come prepared, that may mean to your own damn home kitchen (laughs) or to someone else's kitchen. But just make sure that you know that you've got food, snacks, whatever it is. What do you like to eat? And make sure that you know that it's on hand wherever you're going. That does not mean that you have to schlep your own sad Tupperware with you to another state. But you can. And you need to remember You need to remember that, I think, because we should also normalize that too. You can bring your own snacks with you, but you don't have to be that person if you don't feel comfortable with it, right? Like what I mean is make sure that wherever you're celebrating, you'll have what you consider essentials on hand to make meals and snacks from those foods. Use what you like in between the big one, like Thanksgiving, or for when you're just fresh out of leftovers and you're, or you're just kind of sick of turkey, right? Don't, don't, don't we get kind of sick of turkey after a while? Not my dogs, but I do couple ideas. Eggs are are one of those that I've basically, I think I have about three cartons of eggs in my fridge right now as I record this. Fresh or frozen veggies that you can use with those eggs for omelets. Love an omelet. I mean, when is an omelet inappropriate? Never, as far as I'm concerned. Plain unsweetened Greek yogurt, fruit, hummus, nut butters, frozen edamame. There's this great one from Edizen that they make a frozen edamame rice, which I just love. I use that as a staple for meals at home. And also, I, I really think it goes nicely when you mix it into other things. Like I, I've been mixing it into rice and it just kind of makes this like nice voluminous little base for just about anything else that I'm making. And it goes really well with salmon, just FYI. That's Ida Zen. It can also help you to feel like you don't have to think so hard about what it's going to look like at every meal or snack that you plan on having while you're either, you know, dealing with other things, which is like family staying with you or family meal times that are stressful, or even if no one is staying with you and you're just kind of going through it alone, the more you can automate these kind of thought processes, the the easier it is for you to navigate other things and also just keep you focused on staying sane and doing what you need to do to practice a little self-care, right? So like, think about what would just make that easier for you. And if I can make that easier for you with some more grocery shopping tips, I'm here for it. I will also make sure that I post a couple of those on Instagram. My personal favorite snack of the season, basically using pumpkin puree and everything, (laughs) anything, you can use it in anything. You can use it as shampoo, frankly. Greek yogurt with cinnamon and pumpkin puree. I'm just saying. Cinnamon, honey, pumpkin pie spice, and a cinnamon stick. It's fucking fancy. I'm fancy like that. And it's also delicious. And might I just add, it's extremely filling, right? Because there's a lot of protein in a Greek yogurt. So let's say like a 2% Faye Greek yogurt, which is always my go-to fave um, in like a plain version, you'll get about 20 grams of protein in that 5.3 ounce. It's like the two-thirds cup um, to-go size. And And then you've got the fiber coming from that pumpkin puree in there, which is, I think, seven grams for half a cup. I mean, it's super filling. So expect expect to feel satisfied from that snack combo. But also, it's kind of fancy and fun. So it's a little bit reminiscent of that pumpkin pie. So if you're not sick of pumpkin pie, you might enjoy that little pumpkin puree Greek yogurt snack that I just mentioned. It sounds kind of sad and like something that you would eat if you didn't have teeth, but it's great. It's more inclusive, 
right? I mean, if you have no teeth, you're going to love this snack. And if you have teeth, you're still going to love this snack. Love that. Love it when that happens. All right. On that note, the next tip that I would give here is to make sure that you're snacking or you're eating in general for satiety and not just to feel full. I think that's pretty much critical to to basically all of the work that I do with clients, with patients, with friends and family. I mean, aiming to make your snacks a combo of something that does have protein and something that has fiber, a source of each, makes it that much more satisfying. And there's some seriously solid research out there that supports these prolonged feelings of satiety, these feeling fuller, longer feelings that come from that combo of things. So like a couple ideas, an apple with peanut butter. I feel like that's like the classic dietitian recommendation. Have an apple with peanut butter, but also there's a reason for that. And that's because of research. Two tablespoons of peanut butter, by the way, has eight grams of protein. So that makes it kind of amazing. Um, cheese, a slice of cheese with a pear, two to three tablespoons of hummus. Also, how, why did I just say pear like that? I feel like that sounds kind of strange. Slice of cheese and a pear. Um, a pair of what? <laughs> a pair of pears. Two to three tablespoons of hummus chopped with like chopped veg or something delicious and some whole grain crackers. You get the idea. The point is that sometimes we need a little bit Uh, of these ideas to get our minds going. And the combo of that protein and fiber is what's going to help us stay fuller longer. So, and the reason why I I stress the importance of that is because that's what makes it that much easier to feel like you're staying in the driver's seat when it comes to making decisions about what to eat. So a lot of the time when we feel like we're being boundary bullied, that's because someone is pushing food on us or a scenario is pushing food on us, right? Like it's like you walk into grandma's house and all of a sudden she's like, I baked your favorite cookies. And you're like, I really didn't want to have to eat these cookies right now because I thought I was going out to dinner with my friends. But that okay, grandma, I guess I'll have two cookies. Okay, I'll have 17 cookies, right? Like that's how this starts. So the more that you can actually physically feel satisfied, the easier it is to either say a hard no, hard pass, granny, on the cookies because you didn't plan on that right now. You'll have them later. Why is she pushing you right now? You just don't want that oatmeal raisin before you go out for sushi. It just doesn't really go well together, right? So like, there's plenty of reasons for that, by the way. I'm just making a sort of tongue-in-cheek example here. But what, what I'm saying here is that there's many reasons why this will happen inevitably. People lose sight of their boundaries. People feel like their boundaries are hiding under a couch cushion. People feel like they maybe left their boundaries in 2019. And I get that. And I, I struggle with that too. Like, I get it. But when it comes to how you make a choice about how you're going to react to to the boundary bullying, that's really hard to do if you're actually hungry, right? So like if you, you came in, you walked into grandma's house and you're starving, like that's when I lose my mind with some of this like classic old school advice. It's like, oh, you know, to stay well and to make sure that you don't, that you're, that you don't gain weight and that you're definitely not going to get heart disease. You have to practice portion control. That literally makes me want to blow my brains out. This is not about that. This is about the fact that that's just not what you were planning on. So you want to make sure that you're staying satisfied enough to make that a conscious choice and to not feel like other people are making those decisions for you. All right. Does that make sense? I think that that should help to clarify. I don't want you to think of any, I honestly just like hate that phrase portion control because I think it's like such a toxic diet culture mantra, but I also think it really misses the point about how so many of us are living our lives in 2021. It's not that we don't know 
what maybe like a cookie should look like. It doesn't look like 75 cookies, right? Like a lot of us feel like we know that. But the reason why it can get confusing is because a lot of the time, if you didn't prepare ahead of time and actually eat to feel satisfied, it can feel really confusing about whose decision is being made and when. Okay. These other sort of sneaky sources of added sugar that come in the form of like a holiday latte or we made this specialty cocktail this time of year. It's got all the cranberry juice and extra elderflower and lots of sour mix. That sounds awful. But my point is keep your eye on these if you feel like you are running out of energy. If you feel like you had previously, you know, thought of yourself as someone who liked to drink water and champagne, but now all of a sudden you're having a a pumpkin pie in the form of a coffee beverage. Why? Why are you doing that, Crystal? You don't need to. You just want to get that pumpkin. You've got the pumpkin spice already in your spice cabinet because you got to make your pumpkin pie, Greek yogurt, pumpkin puree (laughs) snack that I just taught you about right? I just told you. All right. Bottom line being that sugar-sweetened beverages or concentrated sources of sugar in the form of beverages like juice or like the the added sugar version, which is like sweetened coffee and tea, dressing, gravy, sauces, sweetened dried fruit, condiments, these can all be sneaky sources of sugar. And it can kind of take the wind out of your sails by giving you that feeling that your energy was zapped and you're not even sure why you just had a cup of coffee, right? So keep that in mind as you go. Your best bet is going to be to stick with the unsweetened versions of these. So my best recommendation would be when it comes to either whether it's a coffee or tea drink situation or it's it's alcohol, to think about opting for clears. And by that, I mean Let's say if it's alcohol, it's wine, beer, high-quality spirits on the rocks or with club soda. Simpler, the better. With coffee, it means making sure you got some, if you like, if you take milk or cream in your coffee, go for it. And then try to find that um, that different flavor from your spice rack or from whatever kind of, you know, you're okay with a good little pump of sugar-free vanilla, Victoria. Okay. This goes a long way. You can actually sip and enjoy. And if it's in the form of an alcoholic beverage, like get out the dom. Simpler, higher quality, the better. That's because usually what causes the hangover in in so, I mean, it's a confluence of things happening on a biochemical level, but when you start to feel hungover or like you're getting run down, usually that's because of the fact that so many of these specialty cocktails are combine both the alcohol itself with simple syrup. And that can be dressed up in other names as simple syrup. That can be your cranberry juice cocktail situation with extra simple syrup. It can be elderflower with more simple syrup from a different flavor, right? This can take so many forms. And I'm seeing it a lot more this year, which is why I wanted to mention it. Um, I'm seeing it a lot more because I'm seeing a lot more happening in the beverage space, like this wine spritzer or this flavored canned something that actually is more of a food product and not so much an alcohol product. So like, that's why I feel like there's a lot of marketing happening in the space right now, which is all around these like better for you because they're lower alcohol. That's not necessarily true. You got to look at the sugar and you got to look at the ingredients that might be dressed up as added sugar, but in the form of like organic tapioca syrup, that's still sugar. Okay. So simple, high quality, that's really important, goes a long way. And the best thing about sipping something simpler and higher quality in the form of an alcoholic beverage is because you can actually sit there and enjoy them slowly instead of like chugging them, right? Because it's, it's easy to chug a pina colada. It's delicious, right? Versus chugging, you know, your 
vodka, martini, extra dry, extra olives. That would be my order. And you're still going to get buzzed enough to barely get that bird out of the oven. I'm just kidding. You know what I mean, Leslie? Okay. Like you're enjoying your Thanksgiving meal. You're sipping your martini. You're enjoying it. You're going to go slower. You're going to be taking in less overall. So yes, it will be powerful. And you do want to make sure you'll stay, you're staying hydrated. We'll get to that in a sec. Um, but but that way you're going to take in less overall and you're also going to take in less of that added sugar. Okay. The next point I wanted to make here is to empower yourself to make choices and not do that that mindset thing that so many of us do, which is to give yourself some arbitrary set of rules. Making some calculated, informed empowered choices when it comes to what you want to eat helps you to figure out the foods that you know you can actually just do without, right? Without making you feel deprived. There's that deprivation that comes from eliminating something that you actually really love or restricting a nutrient for some arbitrary reason, like a rule you made up in your head or read somewhere in a magazine in 1999 or like an entire food group that you've cut out, like carbs. I mean, come on. Come on, Sheila. It's not 97, okay? I mean, this is what ultimately paves the way for like that unintentional feeling of fuck it. I'm going headfirst into this ham, right? The number one way to nip any of this in the bud is to not kick yourself for indulging. We're going to get into this a little bit more at the end, but we're all human, right? And sometimes we will celebrate too hard. We will eat pie for a few meals in a row and we will take a bath in mashed potatoes with extra garlic for like longer than maybe anyone should be bathing in garlic. And yes, we have a knack for beating ourselves up about it when like things don't go according to our own plan. So instead, let's just fucking do away with the rules once and for all and actually consider what foods, what choices are meaningful to us. What do we care about? You shouldn't be pushed into eating those garlic mashed potatoes, much less bathing in them, if you don't actually like garlic or potatoes. (laughs) Just a thought, right? So think about what choices you know have got to make it onto your plate at any holiday meal or even during the holiday season. I just gave you that whole spiel about cocktails and coffee beverages. But listen, if your thing is a pumpkin pie latte from Starbucks or some such, right, with extra whip, then that's absolutely a great choice and you should go for it because that's your choice. As long as you are building meals and snacks that include more wholesome, real food ingredients, and that you are making sure you're staying hydrated and getting the rest that you need in the forms in which you need it. That's all anyone can ask of of you. And by that, I don't mean, I don't mean me as like some expert on high. I mean, like for the sake of your own personal health, those are the things that I would ask you to consider. Whether or not you want to do them, if you don't, you don't feel like taking care of yourself this year, Lisa, okay, then maybe get a flu shot and your vaccine booster. <laughs> really went off the rails there. But you know what I'm saying. I think it's really important to consider what choices in the realm of food are really meaningful to us. What do we know we want to have? Make sure we're eating and drinking consistently and choosing our moments for rest too, because that's really critical. And no one gets to tell you what rest looks like this time of year. 
Okay, keep that in mind. I can't even tell you how many times throughout my life people have tried to tell me that rest looks like laying down. And for me, that just doesn't ring true, right? Like I have to be in motion to feel like I'm getting some me time. Walking really does it for me. That's what I love. So if that rings true for any of you, I I feel like maybe that's a, a meaningful little nugget to take into account there. Now, I'm not talking about like the hardcore, like am I starting a new exercise routine? This is not the time for that, Pete. Okay, let's just this is not the time. I mean, it's been a year. It's been a, it's been a two years for that matter. But on top of all of that, like, this is not the time for you to be like, um, unless you're already someone who is regularly at CrossFit, like this is not your time to go, you know, breaking your femur in, in a CrossFit class. Cause you thought you could lift a thousand pounds over your head in what on your first day. I don't think so. Like, let's just take it easy. Do what we know works for us. And if we don't know what works for us, this is the time to start thinking about it, right? Is when we go into these more challenging situations. That's why I'm sharing this episode with you today is because I want you to start thinking about what are the choices that feel meaningful to you. We all know that this idea of like having it all is bullshit, right? But when it comes to to actually living an intentional, meaningful, empowered, and informed life that makes us feel a little bit more like ourselves, that comes in the form of making real choices. We're adults here. We're all adults here listening to this uh, this uh, podcast where I say fuck literally every other word. So I think that's critical, right? Like we want to be able to make the choices that are meaningful to us. So I think it's important we just all take a second, think about what is meaningful to us in terms of staying physically well and what foods do we love this time of year and keeping that in mind as we go because we're all ultimately about making better, smarter, and more empowered choices that make us feel good and not sticking to some arbitrary set of rules that mean absolutely nothing and that restrict us and limit our beliefs about what we can and can't have and can and can't do, okay? So I think that is mission critical. Take a quick break and then we're gonna deep dive into how to approach any holiday party or holiday event before, during, and after. Okay, quick break and I'll see you on the other side. Hey everyone, I'm Jackie London, host of the On the Side with Jackie London podcast, a BS-free safe space where we're talking all things food, nutrition, and wellness to help you build healthier habits that stick. As a registered dietitian, author, journalist, and former clinician turned content creator, I've heard and seen it all. On the Side with Jackie London is designed to deliver science-based information that's actually useful, relatable, and entertaining. Think of it as a hybrid of an interview podcast and a free nutrition counseling session delivered straight to your ears. I interview leaders in the food and beverage industry, health and wellness practitioners, business execs, and more to learn about what they're eating and how they're staying well. And I also answer listener questions like, should I try a juice cleanse? Or how do I start eating healthier when I'm always traveling for work? I serve up tangible, actionable strategies to help you apply the science behind what works to find what works best for you. Subscribe to the On the Side with Jackie Lennon podcast wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop every Thursday. All right, it's time, it's time. We gotta talk holiday party because they may or may not be back this year. I mean, who knows? They may be hybrids. They may be shadows of their former selves, but still, they exist. And they're kind of dreaded and kind of fun all at the same time. Let's talk about the holiday event in general. And we're gonna go before the event and how to prep during the event and how to kind of 
do a lot. I mean, the first words that come into my mind is damage control for after the event. But here, but like, honestly, the damage is nominal. Ultimately, the damage is on you, Gary, if you like got on the pole because you had one too many tequilas at the office holiday party. Am I right? That That's your damage. That's not mine to clean up for you. All right. Let's talk about before the holiday party. Most important and sort of like first thing that I would suggest and that I often suggest to so many of us, again, talked about this on another episode in the Q&A, but also this, I believe, I think, if I remember that correctly, is also on the On The Side YouTube channel, is to eat breakfast. So often I see this happening all over the place in practice, which is that so many of us think that we need to be for whatever reason, whether it's diet culture induced or some arbitrary set of rules that we gave to ourselves as a as like the gift of coal of Christmas past, right? Like is that we think we need to restrict, 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 cut back, eat less all day. And then we wind up hammered at the holiday party after one champagne cocktail situation. And then we are the, (laughs) we're Gary uh, dancing on the pole, right? At the, like in front of your boss. No one needs that. Nobody wants that. So start your day by having a satisfying meal. Eggs, an egg sandwich, peanut butter, um, and a piece of fruit, maybe like a PB and banana on whole grain toast. Maybe that's like some unsweetened Greek yogurt. Back to that Greek yogurt again with some pumpkin puree. High protein, also fiber filled. It's going to help you fill up and stay satisfied first thing in the morning. I think it's a big mistake to attempt to like save the calories for later because that can backfire as you well know from seeing Gary do this year after year where he gets on that goddamn pole. Also, There's a ton of support for doing this to make sure that you're both staying energized and staying in touch with how physically full versus hungry you feel throughout the rest of the day. It starts to beat that drum for you of staying consistent with your meals and snacks. And ultimately, the benefit is that you won't quite feel these like hardcore instant effects of alcohol that you feel when you haven't had anything to eat all day and that also make you feel hungrier later on, right? Like it's that late night, let's get to McDonald's, Gary, and sober you up, right? Like it's it keeps that at bay. So if you are looking to both make better choices at that holiday party itself and to also feel like, again, like you're in the driver's seat and that you're gonna, you know, you don't have to just take one sip of your champagne cocktail and you're hammered, breakfast, great place to start. The next thing I will say about the before time period is to hydrate early and hydrate often. And I say that because, you know, we often hear that like old school advice of like, have a glass of water for every cocktail you have. Um, really? I don't think one glass of water is going to do it if like that cocktail you're having is tequila on the rocks, right? Like that's going to dehydrate you because it is stronger. I mean, granted that Mezcal rocks or like, you know, tequila, Patron, Silver, some situation, Casamigos, George Clooney, do you want to sponsor this podcast? I don't know. But the point is like, that is the stuff that is, that I would recommend drinking, but it's, it's also going to be the stuff that's going to like make you feel like a prune about three hours from now. So you want to make sure that you're staying hydrated because that stuff's strong. And if you're heeding my advice from the beginning of this podcast and actually more advice coming soon, then you're going to want to make sure that you're staying hydrated. So I would say start your day 16 ounces water, whether that's sparkling water, regular water, tap water, brewed, filtered, cold brewed water, (laughs) whatever it is, as long as it doesn't have sugar in it, I don't care. I'm just happy that you're hydrated. Um, 
And I would also say to mimic the 16 ounces, the two glasses of water, about an hour to 30 minutes before you head out the door. Also in that time window is your pregame snack. Everyone needs a pregame snack. I don't know why this was never a part of like pregaming in college. Why? Why wasn't it? I don't know. I mean, I just <laughs> took a long beat there to ask you that question. I think, I think we need to normalize the pregame snack. Bring it in. Bring it in. It's going to have protein and fiber, and it's going to be something that feels satisfying to you, but it may not be as big as your normal snack. And I say that because it kind of depends on where you're going, right? Like if you want to make sure that you're um, leaving room in, in your GI tract <laughs> to actually feel hungry when you get to that, that holiday party, then you might need to adjust. Or if you know that there's going to be no food for you at that holiday party, and that you don't like anything that's probably going to be served, then I think it, you know, you're definitely going to want to make sure that you have a solid source of protein and a solid source of fiber and make it a little bit bigger. That can mean that you saved, you know, or that you've got like a half a sandwich that you're going to have um, the rest of it later. And you're also going to grab a piece of fruit and a latte on your way, right? Like that, that can mean different things and it can take different forms. But I think that's when you want to keep this to about an hour before the event because you want to make sure you got time to digest a little bit, take a load off, get your energy going, get your head in the game. You've got your pregame snack. <sighs> Can't lose, right? I mean, I think I think that really just helps put it into perspective. You want to make sure you want to leave that second half hour right there to have your water game on point. 16 ounces, about a half an hour before you head out. And I would also say, make sure that you are having a solid snack that's sort of appropriate for the destination that you're going to for this holiday party. And that mimics how, like, what else did you have to eat that day? That's important too. But um, but in the context of, of keeping me contained here and limited to just focusing on the holiday party, think about where you're going and what options are available to you. And if you know that there's something that you definitely want to eat, you can adjust the size down of whatever snack you're having. But combined protein and fiber, smaller, bigger, whatever you need to do, just make sure you're having that pregame snack and staying hydrated. Okay, let's get to during the event. So what does a satisfying plate at a holiday party look like? Looks like a lot of fucking vegetables, but bear with me on this. More veggies, more often, wherever you are. Fresh, grilled, think about a skewer for a second. I mean, what about that? What about a veggie kebab? That's fabulous. The last holiday party that I actually went to had a delicious kebab, and I had about 75, and they were wonderful. Um, with dip, that often gets a bad rep, but I love a good dip, and I don't see why anyone shouldn't. Whatever gets you to eat more vegetables, Harriet, I'm here for that. So, so more veggies, more often, put them on a skewer, put them on a kebab, make it with a peanut sauce and call it a satay. I don't care. Get there. Veggies help you fill up. I mean, I'm, I'm joking around. I sound very angry right now. I hope I don't. Veggies will help you fill up on fiber. They're also going to give you a little bit of an extra hydration benefit. They're higher in water than just about anything. Um, it'll also help to kind of stave off that hangover later on, although I say that and then I think about that Casamigos. Call me, George. Um, but once you've substantially filled up on the good stuff, you can go back in for like something more indulgent tasting or seeming to you, whether that's savory or sweet, whether that's, you know, the entire dumpling table, pot sticker palooza on the right-hand side of that ballroom, or if it's like the chicken, beef, salmon appetizers or spring rolls, and I mean fried spring rolls in that. <laughs> and another great choice right there would always be a raw bar, although arguably that's not going to be served at your Hanukkah party, but okay. The, the, concept here is that if you start with something that 
builds on the bulk from those veggies in whatever form. And I don't mean that this has to look like a sad crudite, like one celery stick on a plate. I mean, this can, this can take a lot of different forms, right? More veggies also comes in the, that's also true of soup. Who doesn't love a good tomato soup? That's a vegetable. That's a vegetable soup. So when I say more veggies more often, I I often mean thinking about it in a much more expansive way than we're used to seeing it in lots of different places. Just keep that in mind when you get to that buffet table, Mitch. All right. The next thing would be location, location, location. And this brings me back to what I was saying before about how you're going to form or conceptualize your pregame snack or pack that snack up and take it on over to the office or the holiday party or however, whatever, wherever you are. The location is critical because think about this. I've seen this a lot with, um, with many of my clients falling into this trap, which is this idea of like, you get this plate of sad, stale saltine crackers and cheese, and you have both of those, that specific cheddar and those specific saltines just sitting in your cabinet and your fridge waiting for you at home. What's the point, right? I mean, I would say this is your moment, especially, especially, and it's probably wrong to say, but it's just the truth, especially if it's free, okay? If this is your office holiday party, you better be going hard on the oysters. This is that moment. This is the moment to be ordering the caviar and the champagne and make it a double, please. Thank you. All right, choose two or three of the foods that you love the most, at any event or that you know are only available for you at this restaurant or in your hometown, you're better off, you know, like actually really loving a couple of the things that you don't get to have as often, right? Because those are the things that that you that you might think about more often or that you might miss more often. Charcuterie and cheese with fruit or those like grilled oysters with some kind of butter glaze on them. They're roasted and delicious you know, with like a delicious shallot saute. I don't know why I'm making this up. I mean, it's like, I'm thinking about these oysters that I had at a restaurant called Agave in Cabo that is what comes to mind when I say oysters. They're the best things I've ever eaten in my life. If you go to Cabo, go to Agave. It is phenomenal. You sit on the roof and there are these grilled oysters that also have this mezcal bourbon, like butter in them. It is actual heaven. My mouth is starting to water as I'm recording this episode. Okay. Point being, what is special about the location that you're in? Whether it's the people that you're with and you don't really care about the food, that's cool too. But like, just make sure that you had a bigger pregame snack, you know, and the same is true for if your holiday party is a Cipriani, which here in New York, I feel like that's a common holiday party destination. Chip, Hello, Cipriani. Welcome. Maybe you love the chicken parm as much as many of us do. Okay, get the chicken parm. Okay, Josh, get the chicken parm. Okay, what do you do after? It's all over, party's over, time to go home. Gary, you got Gary on your back, carrying him out of the ballroom. You've got Bob from accounting getting you an Uber. He's like, he's coming. You're like, Bob, I don't want you to sit with me in this Uber. I I just wanna go home. I just wanna get Gary home and I wanna go home. What do you do? It's time to chug water. At least 16 ounces right away when you get home. Because why not? You already know how to do that. And you've got your nice little water bottle out and ready for you. You can prep ahead before any party with like like a bike bottle size. That's usually my go-to standard. It's about 24 ounces. That's three cups. Look at you. Water, club soda, diet ginger ale I often recommend, unsweetened ginger tea. That's because you kind of want your stomach to settle a little bit. And I I think, you know, who doesn't? (laughs) If you're still hungry because you didn't really get the chance to 
like you you did that kind of like snaccident thing where you're, you're like having different bites from different buffet tables and you never really got to have a substantial feeling meal, then choose foods that are available to you in combinations of protein and fiber. So like back to the cheese stick and saltine situation, full circle. This is that moment. It's time for you to have your cheese and saltines. They're here. I don't know why I'm calling them saltines. Your cheese and crackers. They can be any type of crackers, and it can be any type of cheese. The point being that it's a whole lot easier to rely on some of those staples. Make it a combo of those two things so that you feel actually satisfied and not just full. Because sometimes when you feel just full, like if you're just trying to like eat some sad deli turkey with cheese and you didn't have any bread on it, like there's a reason why you don't actually feel satisfied from that, and it's because there was no fiber in that hopelessly night snacking place. Okay. <laughs> so, so think about what you can combine that will give you that fiber and give you that protein. And also the, the other important thing that I would say here is to skip things that are super high in fat, like, like actually, sadly, the fried stuff, like the McDonald's fried chicken nuggets. And there is a reason for this. I love, by the way, let me just recap that I love McDonald's and I love the idea of you having a chicken nugget, but not before you go to bed. Okay, Chris, it's not, that's not the time for chicken nugget. And this is why. It's a reflux triggering food. Tomatoes, chocolate, oranges, and orange juice, and peppermint. So like no candy canes after midnight, Joey. And high fat foods. So breaded, deep fried foods. These can be reflux triggering. And that's important because if you have already been drinking alcohol, throughout the night, then these are going to be acid-producing foods, and you've already been hitting the booze hard. So that reflux can get painful, and it can really disrupt your sleep. And if there is one thing you need, if there's one thing as a person on planet Earth that you already know, is that your workday is going to suck tomorrow. I mean, I hope for your sake that your holiday party is on a Friday. But if it's not, then your workday is probably going to suck a little bit tomorrow. So you don't need to add fuel to that fire by not getting any sleep tonight. Make sure you get hydrated, get your water on, and that you're skipping those reflux-inducing foods so that you cannot feel totally disrupted by the fact that your entire intestinal tract feels like it's filled with battery acid. Okay. Nobody needs that. And what's interesting about those foods is that the second that you lay down, it's sort of like the medical nutrition therapy for gastroesophageal reflux disease, for GERD, for for people who are chronically prone to reflux, which can actually cause damage over time. But I'm just talking about your average run of the mill. You drank too much. You had the fried chicken. You dipped it into the peanut sauce, and then you double dipped into like the bacon-wrapped bacon, you're going to have reflux. So don't lie down too soon, okay, Tommy? Just make sure you left a good hour. Okay, next day, drink coffee. Tons of research supports the cognitive benefits of drinking coffee first thing in the morning. You can really have up to about 400 or 500 milligrams of coffee a day, I mean of caffeine per day, and that's important because uh, let's say, let's call it a Starbucks venti is about 400 milligrams of caffeine. That's 20 ounces. That is a fucking lot of coffee. So if that's what you're meant to have for the day, that really puts into context the 
like if you were to split that up into different cups of coffee throughout the day, that would make a little bit more sense, right? So like that's your total, that's about the total that's recommended for the day. But this is also all going to be based around your personal tolerance and what you need. So the recommendation, that guideline is 300 to 400 milligrams of caffeine per day. But like, honestly, who the fuck is counting? No one. Have a couple cups of coffee. Adjust what I'm saying about a couple of cups of coffee based on your personal tolerance and sensitivity to caffeine and go from there. But I would recommend that if you're going to drink any coffee, definitely in the morning. I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't? All right. Also, more water, obviously. You got to get another cup or two into that mix and you got to get your blood sugar back to neutral with some fruit. I say that because I always see people brunching the next day, like after a big night out. And, and I've, I've heard this before, which is like, why all of a sudden do I feel like literally passing out or like I'm more dehydrated than I was before? And it's because a lot of the time you're getting a, a juicy looking mimosa or something that is just like a, an entire vat of orange juice. And I would say a lot of the time it's that condensed, that concentrated source of sugar, which can um, give you some of that energy crushing, like an energy crushing swing that you'll experience, especially if you're having that juice on an empty stomach. So more important than the juice. And by the way, I should say when I'm talking about a blood sugar swing, I'm really talking about something that's within the range of normal limits. But because all of us experience that swing differently, like our blood sugar still goes up and down within a normal range, right? So it's just important to keep that in mind because if you physically feel like you're exhausted, it might just be because you had OJ and you had nothing else in that belly. Teresa, I don't know. That one came out of nowhere. Okay. Anyway, the point being, why not leftovers for your breakfast, especially if you are having this holiday party and you're in your hometown and you just went out with all your high school friends and it's the day after Thanksgiving this time, right? Love a good leftover in eggs. What is better than those potatoes, yams, roasted Brussels, candied something or other with a couple of sunny sides? You know what I mean? All right. Bottom line, most important, and this is where I want to end our little chat today. There are no chairs for those demons at your holiday meal or at your holiday party for that matter. So if you listen to nothing else or heed nothing else from this episode, it's really this. It's really just about this. Don't give yourself a hard time if you choose not to listen to anything I've said today, all right? The last thing that you need, and for that matter, the last thing that any family gathering needs is a single one of us having a takedown by way of our own thoughts. And I know you know what I'm talking about. It sounds like, oh my God, I ate too much. I'm so full. I can't believe I had another slice of pie. Did I have another slice of fucking pie? Even though I was so full, what is wrong with me? Why am I doing this to myself? Why do I always do this to myself? I failed. I'm such a fucking failure, right? Does that sound familiar to you? Like everything that went beyond noticing, like everything in that mix, every sentence in that mix beyond noticing that you felt full is an unwelcome, judgmental motherfucking rat at your holiday meal. It's a whole family of gremlins. I mean, those are the intrusive thoughts, phrases, words that we say to ourselves, and they can be so debilitating and they seem so innocuous because for most of us, we're not actually saying them out loud, right? Like we're just saying them in our heads. And I know we talked about this, and if you haven't listened to um, Sarah Kubrick, the millennial therapist, that episode um, about how much our experience of things starts with the words that we say and the words that we use in the vocabulary that's built around certain constructs or ideas or things. Um, 
and really moments, it, it's these moments. It's moments like these that are hard for that reason, because we only have one set, one kind of vocab, one language, one rule of thumb that we decided on long ago. And that's only about our experience of, let's say, eating too much or feeling too full or feeling like we made choices that we didn't necessarily go in thinking we were going to make. Not to mention all of the family dynamics and all of the issues that come up from going home for the holidays for many of us, right? So like right there, that's hard enough. Those things are hard enough. You do not need to invite your demons, these unwelcome demons, to your holiday meal. From a physiological and psychological standpoint, we also wind up actually keeping ourselves feeling physically and emotionally shitty. And that's largely because it's a lot easier to get sucked in by the wrath of those little rats, those fucking rats, once you're already down that rabbit hole and you're tired and you're on your last fucking straw with your aunt and you're just generally confused by the fact that you actually are a card-carrying member of this family. Oh my God, what am I doing here, right? So... Feeling like maybe actually you did eat more than you wanted to, that part, that's 100% normal. It's normal. Remember? Remember how normal that is? It's also normal to have a moment where you just feel kind of crappy about it and move on. So what? Who cares? No one but you cares about this, Judge Judy. It's one day. Remember what I said at the beginning? This meal is not going to change your state of health, and it's not going to change the number on the scale. Not in a way that means anything more than you maybe had too much salt in your Thanksgiving dinner, and therefore you are retaining water and you might be a few pounds heavier than you usually are. But I honestly, the idea that if you're still getting on a scale in 2020 fucking one, please stop. I mean, for most people. There's some people that maybe feel like that's really helpful. So I I don't want to totally knock it. But you know what I mean? Like, if that is something that is triggering to you, then why is it in your home? Get it out of there. Just notice those feelings and get it out so that you don't get sucked into that inner monologue once you start in judging yourself, attacking yourself, and piling on. Whatever you do today, tomorrow, this weekend, the most important thing that you can do, that any one of us can do during the holiday season, is to give yourself a break. For fuck's sake, you guys, it's a holiday. It's called a holiday for a reason. You deserve some grace. These days are the ones that are actually designed and meant for you to feel a little bit more full, a little bit more like a stuffed turkey than you would most other other days. So if you love these meals and you enjoy every bite, then you need to stay on your own side and celebrate yourself for loving the holiday meal and the food that is served at that meal. Here's where I I would suggest starting when it comes to um, getting yourself out of that deep, dark rabbit hole. Get those rats out by taking a nap or going outside for a walk. That sounds as basic as it gets, but it's honestly critical. Movement or sleep is physically and psychologically beneficial regardless of basically any circumstance. I mean, there's very few things that those two things can't cure (laughs) in some form. So if you feel those intrusive thoughts coming on, shut them down. Get your sneaks on. Get them onto your feet, Paul. Or grab your eye mask. Get that onto your face, Francine, and let's fucking go. Deal? Okay, that really took it out of me. I'm so dehydrated now. I am subclinically dehydrated. It's time for me to get some goddamn water and watch The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. 
I am so grateful for you. I am wishing you and your families a healthier, easier, and more meaningful end of 2021. And if nothing else, I mean, we are nearing the end of the fiscal quarter. We have something to celebrate. Um, So much love to all of you. Please, I would love to hear from you. Share it with me. How are you making it easier on yourself this holiday season? What's on your menu? How did you exterminate the invisible rats that keep and keep them out of your Thanksgiving table? Please share it with me in that review. Feel free to leave it here. It only helps the show when you give us a five-star rating and leave a review. And of course, if you don't want anyone to read that actual review because you're afraid that your aunt uh, Carolyn also listens to this podcast, then you can find me on Instagram at JacquelineLondonRD. Okay, that's it, guys. That's going to do it for today. Cheers to an easier, healthier, more meaningful, and more peaceful holiday season, whatever, whenever, however you're getting through it. Gremlins, get out. Get the fuck out. You're not invited to my Thanksgiving. Love to all of you. See you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in today to this episode of On the Side with Jackie London. If you enjoyed today's episode, please snap a screenshot of your podcast app on your phone, post it to your Instagram stories, and tag me at JacquelineLondonRD to let me know your favorite takeaway from any part of the episode. If you're loving the show, if there's a topic you'd love to hear more about or a guest you'd love to listen to here, I'd absolutely love to hear from you. You can scroll down on your podcast app to where it says ratings and reviews and rate this one five stars, of course, and share your feedback. Your words might just be what the next person needs to tune in and start feeling more empowered and living better one meal or snack at a time. Of course, be sure to follow On The Side wherever you get your podcasts to ensure you won't miss out on any episodes. And remember to check us out. Check out the Q&A deep dive on the On The Side YouTube channel. This show is produced and edited by Elizabeth Evans Media Productions. I'm your host and executive producer, Jacqueline London. Keep in mind that any advice provided on this podcast is based off of my clinical judgment and application of research and practice as a registered dietitian, and it should not take the place of medical advice from your own personal physician. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.